Welcome, everybody. This is How to English: Teach and Learn with Gav and M. It's a podcast about teaching and learning English as a foreign language. All opinions stated are personal, and references will be given where necessary. Hello. Hello, Gav. Hi, M. How you doing? I'm fine. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. So this is our fourth episode of our podcast, Teach and Learn with Gav and M. It is indeed, yes. And are you excited? As always. And do you know what the topic is for today's episode? No, I haven't got a clue because I asked you before the recording, and you said it was going to be a surprise. So it's coming to me right now. Okay, so the topic of today's show is. Technology in the classroom. Okay. And I know this is one of your favourite topics. Is it?、Um, is it? Why do you say that? Well, actually, I, I think this is maybe the beginning of your journey with online teaching, and I know you've been trying out a few different apps and other tech in your lessons. Aha.、Uh-huh. Okay. I see what you mean. Yeah, I am starting to get more computer based. And I would agree that maybe before that I was a bit like a dinosaur, and I liked my pens and my pieces of paper. I go along with that. Well, there's nothing wrong with bits of paper, Em. I must admit, I love cutting up little bits of paper with super technology like scissors, <laughs> maybe one of those guillotines for cutting the paper. <laughs> yeah. So tech is everywhere. It could be lo-fi, could be hi-fi. Does that make sense? Oh yeah, okay. Is that what you mean when you think of technology? Then, like chairs, tables, boards, analog stuff. That's it. Pencils, erasers, bits of paper. I guess we start from there, and then we build up to something more adventurous. Okay, I like it. I don't think it's what people think of usually when you say technology in a classroom, but yeah, you're right. It is all technology. So, I guess every student should have the basics. A pen and a notebook. Agree. I agree. Or a pencil in case they make errors. Yeah, but as I said, they should, and I think that's the operative word. Should make errors. No, they should have a notebook and a pen. Yes, with them.、Um, but it's okay to make mistakes. Yeah, maybe the first lesson I would excuse it, but honestly, if I have a student, who... no, I meant make mistakes in the class. <laughs> okay,、mistakes. we're getting very confused、Sorry. now. Okay, so I yeah, I agree. It's okay to make mistakes in English, but you should bring a pen and pencil or a pad to write notes down. I've always just been very disappointed when my students look bewildered when I say, "Okay, are you ready to write something down?" and they they look at me like, "Why? Why would I have a pen with me? That's a strange request."、Mm-hmm. Well, they could also bring their tablets with them, their mobile phones. That would be fine. I haven't got a problem with how they record it or how they document the lesson, but at least make the effort. I think that's my only point here. So, for example, one of my students puts all the new language into their tablet, and they've got little Excel sheets and dictionaries, translations from English to their own language, plus example sentences. So it doesn't have to be pen, pad.、Mm. It could be tablet, mobile.、Mm, that's very organised, definitely. I had one student once that actually put his phone on the table and recorded the entire lesson. Really? Yeah, it did. Make me feel a bit nervous because 
it was being recorded and I felt like I had to be the perfect teacher. Actually like a video? No, it was just the audio recorder. And I mean, it's a good idea to record if you want to go back and remember the lesson. I think it's a brilliant idea because then you could revise it later. Maybe on the yeah. bus on the way home, you could listen to the lesson again and think, ah, oh, now I understand how to use this grammar. Yeah, I think it is good in theory, but I just started thinking about permission and, you know, asking for people's consent to do that. And if it's a group, making sure everybody agrees that it's recorded. Things like that, maybe as a teacher, we need to consider That's that. That's a really good point, actually. Make sure you've got everybody's permission before recording. Yeah, honestly, I was too surprised to actually say anything about it and I just let it happen. But I did reflect on it later. On the topic of mobile phones, maybe we should start with apps. Yes, that is a good place to start. Everybody's got apps. My phone is full of apps and some of them are really good for learning languages. Yeah, well, I've got a dictionary and a translation app mm -hmm. to name just a two like, okay. straight away. What other teaching apps or learning apps do you know, Gav? Well, I have dabbled a little with Quizlet. Yes. How does that work? I'm not so familiar with it. Well, I only really have experience of creating a group Quizlet and then sharing that with my students. And basically, they have flashcards that you write the English word on one side and either a translation on the other or an example sentence. And yeah, share this with your class and then they can just use them to practice as flashcards. So you create this yourself. You enter all of that information by yourself or can the student do it? Yeah, it can also be accessed by the student if you give permission. Right. And then it's just a testing app that you flip the card over. That's and it, it. Okay. virtually. Yeah. Is there any other ways of testing on the app? Yes, there's a number of ways of testing yourself on the app. You can do gap fills, you can do matching exercises. It's pretty cool. You can do all kinds of things. Okay, that sounds really good. So this is your own materials that you're generating all the time? Yes, so the teacher or students can create their own cards, but the site is also searchable. So there's already some preloaded vocabulary and grammar flashcards oh. for you to use automatically but be sure that they're correct because sometimes they have mistakes in them so be careful oh okay so it's just a big online platform full of vocabulary topics or something like that so you can take whatever one you want okay that sounds like you need to find someone you can trust and that you know is a reliable source of information that's it so there's many what they call decks available right. But yeah, like I said, check them first. Make sure they don't have any mistakes because if they belong to somebody else, I think that means you can't edit them. Aha, uh -huh, that makes sense. Well, that sounds good. So Quizlet's really good, it sounds like, because the students can take it wherever they want and test themselves at any point in public transport or just on the way to somewhere. They can do a quick five-minute revision, which is a really good resource to have. It's in your pocket. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And on top of that, a student might simply want to take a photo of the whiteboard at the end of the lesson. 
Mm, yeah, that course. happens quite a lot, and they can then use that photo later if they want to check the grammar. Maybe even their homework was written on the board. So I say to the students, take a photo so that I know you've all got the homework task, and I want to see it on my desk by Monday morning at eight o'clock. No excuses. Exactly. I know you've got it on your phone. Great, yeah, great resource, great record of the lesson. So how do you feel about chat groups like WhatsApp and Messenger, like Facebook Messenger? Do you like to make a group for your students? I actually don't use social media that much, Em, but uh-huh. I know that you're quite keen on making groups for some of your students. Yeah, I really like it, especially what we said about the photo. You know, if you take a photo of something in the lesson or, or a document that you've got, you can just send it to the group and then you know everybody can see it if they want to. And it... It's quite real and it's very much what people do anyway, I think. Everybody's got, except maybe you, everybody's got their <laughs> their networks. Um, so it, I like it and I think they can use it as much or as little as they want and they don't have to feel obliged to be part of it. I've got students that opt out and that's fine. I just email them in important information. I think it can provoke conversation. It can bond the group together quite well. The only question I have about it is how to, as a teacher, include myself because once I set it up, I don't always feel I should get involved too much because that's their space. That's a great idea because students can post videos and articles, things that are connected with the lesson, and it's a really interactive way of making the language more real and more fun for the students. Definitely. And it's not all coming from the teacher. Mm -hmm. And actually, that brings me to a question I have, because I'm never sure how much to involve myself once I set up the group. Um, I don't know if I'm there as a teacher or if I'm there just as a member of the group. Should I correct their English? That's the other problem I have sometimes. Should I let those mistakes go or not? That's a very good question. It depends a bit on your relationship with the students and why did you make the group? Was it in order to correct their errors or was it for them to have fun and enjoy using English even if there are a few mistakes in there yeah so maybe it's a good idea just to say at the beginning you know how do you want this to be Um, maybe make some rules about bad language and stuff like that oh you mean like swear words yeah because that's another thing I don't want to have to be the the moderator exactly that's not my role and my responsibility Um, and I'm talking about adults here not not groups of kids obviously that's different but with adults they should really know better I like the idea of setting it up and then walking away yeah that's I think the goal isn't it in general for teaching you just set up the activity and walk away as well as the chat group could be the same thing yeah and just dip in when you think it's necessary Mm. of course if it's a typo or a big mistake then you might feel that it's time for you to make some minor corrections. I know when I receive emails from students I sometimes edit their original email in the reply and I might just highlight a couple of things in yellow just to say okay this is actually the correct language and you made a mistake there. I think generally the students are quite happy. I haven't had any negative feedback but Mm. I don't make it too obvious. Mm, no, I think that's a really good point because if there are obvious mistakes there and you don't correct it, then they're thinking probably why did that get missed? Mm. So maybe they want you to correct. I think it's the same as in a lesson. You just choose your battles and pick the one that you think is the important one. If there's a word wrong or something that really prevents you understanding, 
then I think you need to ask without squashing. Quashing? Quashing? Squashing. Quashing. I think people say squashing these days, but it should be quashing without quashing their enthusiasm. Yeah, absolutely. That's really important. Anyway, I think we're going a little bit off topic here. Should we get back to technology in the classroom? Uh, okay. So where do you want to go next, Gav? Well, I know there's an app called Duolingo, which is possibly the most famous app for learning English. And it's a whole platform for learning not only English, but other languages. Yeah, I know it's really popular. Would you use that in the lesson then? Maybe. How? But I would use it as in to show the students there are a number of different apps that they can use to support their language learning. So you'd use it in the lesson in order for them to use it outside the lesson? Yes. That's perfect. Good. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Uh, So, yes, Duolingo, definitely very good. Have you heard of Magoosh? What's that? I think it's a... A school exam test app and it has I think different three different levels and maybe it's an American exam structure but is it it vocabulary or yeah basically it's vocabulary you must know in order to pass the exam so it's very demanding quite high level Mm -hmm. but it's great because there's so many good words in it and it's quite enjoyable the way it teaches you the words and you just keep going through until you get it right and it really works that sounds like fun so lots of repetition i've just realized em if people are not making notes how are they going to remember all of these wonderful suggestions i think you're leading me into show notes here i think there's show notes on this podcast well if i write them there will be yeah if you build them, they will come. But uh, if you write them, they will read them. That is a very good idea. OK, so everybody, there will be references in the show notes. Yeah. You mentioned Magoosh. That sounds like a very high-level vocabulary app. But I guess there must be just as many low-level ones. Yeah. So go to the Play Store or... App Store. App Store on your device, whichever device you got. And you can type in learn English or English vocabulary or English grammar and there'll be plenty of suggestions. Just see which one suits you because, of course, some people prefer some and others will prefer others. Yeah, there are lots and I think Duolingo starts off very low so that's um, a good one maybe to start with. Em? Yeah? Have you ever played audio recordings in your classroom? Yes, I have. Many, many, many times. Em, I've got another question for you. How did you play them? Oh, well, let's let's go back in time, shall we? Back to maybe the early 2000s oh. when possibly I had to pick up a CD player and lug it all the way across the city with me. CD player? Cool, that sounds modern to me. I had cassette tapes. Really? Okay, well, you're just showing your age now. But yeah, maybe. Maybe the book you want has only got a cassette. Um, There are schools that still only provide these things. So yeah, I remember taking them with me, having to remember the cable, hoping that it was a good one that didn't jump with the CD or chew up the tape That's if we want to talk about that yeah because you'd arrive at the office and you'd have to make sure that there was somewhere to plug in mm. your device absolutely oh okay. it was a nightmare i remember trekking across the city with 
a portable CD player or cassette player. I had my students' books, my teachers' books, all my pens and my pencils and everything. It was really hard work. Yeah. Alternatively, the place or the student would have something in their office or in their room where they're having the lesson, but you were never quite sure if it was going to work, if it was going to play whatever it was you took with you. You'd have to remember the right CD. Yeah, many times I opened the CD box and it had the wrong CD in it. Or it was empty. Or Yeah, that's even worse, <laughs> absolutely. So then you're reading it out the back of the student book. Oh, yes, and that's what forces you to be more creative because you'll get the students to read <laughs> from the back of the book. If you've photocopied or got that recording. There was a lot of possible disasters with yes. that. So after that debacle, I invested in a smartphone. A smartphone? Yeah, one of those new smartphones. And I realised there was a an app on that which I could save all the media files on the phone and then play from the phone, which was good, but sometimes if it was a big room or something, it would be very echoey or very quiet. So after that... I Em, I feel like I'm on a journey. You are, you are. We're going need, through the years I here. I need some popcorn. <laughs> Then I invested in a Bluetooth speaker. And Gav, it was a Bluetooth speaker. Okay. And it was Mm life-changing. It really transformed everything. It was so good. Quality was great. I could quickly play things without having to worry about plugging things in. I just had to remember to charge it. It was the best thing ever. Wow. Haven't looked back. So you really minimised your... Teaching tools. Definitely, yeah. Streamlined. No more carrying heavy stereos. Mmm, that's very good. And these days you can just upload all of the recordings to the cloud and then you can access that using your mobile data or if you're in an office, you can use their Wi-Fi. All right, well, there we have it. You're just the next step ahead, aren't you? That's it. You don't need anything. You just need the cloud that you can't even touch. That's true. Or you could use your tablet as well because the sound quality is a bit better, though you don't Uh have to carry a big speaker around. Yeah. Oh, and one more thing about the audio is really good on the app for the phone is you can organize everything into folders so what I do usually is put things in different folders for different classes that maybe are using a different book so I don't have to look through an entire playlist of audio I can just go straight to that lesson and I know the recordings are in that file. That's very organized. Yeah it is I am. So on the topic of using your phone or tablet, you're not just limited to audio files, but you could also have video files, you could have PDFs, you could have pictures, any kind of files that go on the phone, which might be a bit small if you've got a larger group, or the tablet, which should be big enough, or even your laptop. If you've got a notebook with you, you can use that to show pictures, videos, etc. Then you can access sites like YouTube, and show them videos and all kinds of cool stuff. Yeah, that's really nice. And the visual side of it's good. Everybody's looking at something, not just heads down, listening to something. It's it's focused, isn't it? That's really good. So what's bigger than a laptop is a... TV. TV. And then even bigger than that, you could have... Cinema. Um, yeah, you could take them to the cinema, but that's... <laughs> That's not exactly... Well, that's a kind of English lesson, isn't it? But anyway, um, I was thinking projector. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry. So you can connect to whatever devices they have in their office or in the conference room. Yeah, I have used 
TVs in conference rooms and I've got the student or myself with my laptop to... They've got a system, like a network system, where they can just... Is it Bluetooth? I don't know. But they can put whatever it is on the screen of the laptop onto the television. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What about... Gav, have you ever used an interactive whiteboard? I have, but only a couple of times, and I wasn't that excited about it. Why weren't you very excited about it? Well, I think maybe it's still very early technology. And what do you mean? It's not refined enough or it's not easy to use? It wasn't very intuitive, and Mm. it took a little while to get the hang of. But basically, I was using the book on the board and I was getting the students to fill in activities and stuff. It it wasn't really that exciting for them or me. Oh, okay. Yeah, that is a bit odd. But again, it's quite nice just to get everybody looking up. I like that. But generally, I think they're more trouble than they're worth. I tried one once and I couldn't even turn it on. It was so complicated. And then I just thought, why am I doing this with this special pen And why don't I just use a regular pen on the board? It felt like maybe it was the future, but it wasn't the future I wanted. Yeah, (laughs) that's a good good point, actually, because, like I said, taking a photo of the board work at the end of the lesson is really great for students. So they've got a permanent record of the lesson, but with a temporary projection of the lesson and the corrections or whatever the teacher has done or the students have done on the board everything is gone when the lesson finishes so unfortunately if you're using an interactive board you won't have a record of the lesson and all the grammar notes and the vocabulary it'll be gone as soon as you switch the machine off isn't that the same as a regular whiteboard then it's just no gone. as i said you take a photograph at the end uh-huh. of the lesson you keep it so there's no way of saving to a file on an interactive whiteboard you can't record it they might be able to i have no idea no okay don't they also connect to the internet you can go to on websites and see things like videos yes exactly so you can access stuff Maybe it just needs a bit more time. Yeah, there might be some new versions that we haven't seen yet that are totally cold, and I'm pretty sure that's the way of the future anyway. Uh One extra thing about the interactive whiteboard or maybe the projector is it is nice that it's so big and you're not just sitting there with one piece of paper and trying to point to something with six students and they're all looking, trying to work out what you're pointing at. Mm -hmm. So I think for that, it's really nice. Yeah. Well, we mentioned books as technology. Or have we moved on too far now? I think we've passed books. They're back in... They're still very popular, though. Yeah, yeah, but I wouldn't say technology, really, if I talk about books, unless you're talking about e-books, maybe. Yeah, you're right. So far, we've mentioned CD players, pens, erasers, and then we moved on to tablets, interactive boards, projectors, okay, that kind of stuff. So how about... Google Classroom. All right, now we're getting into the cutting edge stuff, Gav. This is this is definitely what we need to be looking at. So I have never used it. You have, though. I have, but <laughs> to be honest, I'm definitely not an expert. I've only used the very, very basics of it. And well, talk about your experience of it. Well, I've only used it for homework tasks. So each week with my class, I upload some videos some articles some quizzes maybe some podcasts and then I say to my students okay this week's activities are here maybe this was some of the language we looked at in the lesson so they've got a record of that and then it's posted 
on the classroom and everybody receives a link to know that they need to go and have a look. By email? They get a link by email? Yes, they get a link by email. And you can also have activities on there that need to be completed by the students and they get a little tick to say that they've done the task. Oh, so you can see from the teacher's side, you can see who's done what. Exactly. So I know who's logged in, who's done which activities... And that will help me to give some feedback as well. That's amazing. So you can keep tabs and see who's active and who's not putting in the effort. Exactly. Wow. I can really see that Google Classrooms is an upgrade from the WhatsApp Messenger group chat because that can be a bit messy. It's just one long thread of conversation, whereas... The classroom sounds like you can put things into date order and make it very logical Mm -hmm. and students can see what's there and contribute. WhatsApp doesn't really have that function. But I should mention, I didn't realise, that there is a tab system on WhatsApp where you can actually select by link or by media, like photos or something like that. You can filter what what's in that thread. And I didn't know that was a function, so that might be something to think about. That's good. You can also search it as well if you're looking for keywords. Can you? Oh, I didn't know you could do that either. So, Mm. wow. Good tip. That would be really useful if you mention a definition of a word or something. The student wants to go back and see if they can still remember that word or if they've remembered it correctly. Mm -hmm. Because you could have a list of vocabulary, maybe a lexical group that we're all connected to, going to the zoo. Mm, yeah. And the student's thinking, oh, rhino, 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 rhinoceros. That's the word. And only once they've searched, they'll find it. Or just rhino. Rhino's fine too. Oh, I was thinking that while I was saying it. <laughs> One more thing that's really good about chat apps is like WhatsApp and Messenger, etc., is you can use them to have real-time conversations in the classroom between the students. Oh, that's fun. Yeah, just write a short message and then reply and, mm-hmm. and there's a... As the teacher, you can monitor it and just mm-hmm. check check the language. So if we move outside the classroom momentarily, Evan... I'm there, I'm outside. It's nice. In order to come back into the classroom with online calendars. Uh-huh, hang on a minute. We're going out, but we're coming back in. Fine. Exactly, because everybody's got an online calendar, haven't they? Not everybody. OK, well, not everybody, but... Not most... me, I haven't. Oh, <laughs> Well, most people anyway. Okay. So we need to know how to write our information into the calendars, how to make appointments, how to book things. This leads naturally to booking forms. Mm. Whether we're online, we're trying to organise a holiday, book a restaurant. Mm, Fill in taxes. Yeah, exactly. Forms for... I don't know, reservation somewhere. Mm -hmm. But these skills also need to be developed. I like where you're going. Are you suggesting that you do that as a in-the-classroom activity? Yeah. Fill in the form? Yeah. Oh, wow, that's brilliant. Mm -hmm. Okay. So you know if you've got it right because you can't go to the next page or something like that. Exactly, yes. But be careful. Don't buy a brand new car. Yeah, make sure there's not that buy with one click option (laughs) enabled. Don't put in your credit card details either. No, that's it. (laughs) But these are really, really fun ways of filling in real forms, but in the classroom. I like that. I like that. That's a really practical and relevant way of using technology in the classroom. Because sometimes, I must say, I do feel 
and maybe this is my dinosaur um mentality yeah my dinosaur mentality coming out here but i do feel like sometimes it's technology for technology's sake it can seem a bit like a gimmick and maybe be a bit distracting as well so i always think about that i think about what am i presenting and how am i presenting it and what's the best way of presenting it and not just put it on a tablet for the sake of it or project it onto the wall because it looks good if i'm just trying to explain something i can just use words maybe or even the old fashioned piece of paper that i've photocopied something like that i think pictures are much better for example i gave my student a task the other day i said there is this new piece of technology Go and research and I'll give you two minutes to read all about it and then I want you to give me a mini presentation and explain what it is. Okay, so they did that on their phone or something? Yes. That's great, but okay, I'm just saying use it in a way that is real, not just because I need it to be on a big, big screen. I think it's just worth thinking about it sometimes. And also saving paper's a good idea. You don't need to print 20 copies of this document if you can simply show it on the TV or on a big screen somehow. Mm, fair point. Can't argue with that. It's a balance, in my opinion, because sometimes screens are great, but other times you just want a break from the screen. I mean, we're all getting a lot of screen time, aren't we, at the yes. moment? I thought you said break the screen then, but you said take a break from the screen. Yeah, take a break okay. from the screen. and You don't have to be as dramatic as break the screen. So you don't want me to suggest that we end up in virtual reality classrooms with Ooh. holograms and what are the people who represent us and their little figures? Avatars. Avatars, yes. We're all avatars. Um, well, I think you probably know how I feel about that. That is a bit scary for me. I'll try it. I'll give it a go. But honestly, if I can't turn it on, I'm going to stop. OK, so you prefer FaceTime. Well, actually, that not that an app? It is an app. And I, yeah, I do use FaceTime sometimes. But yeah, you mean face to face, eye contact FaceTime. Yeah, I do. I think that ultimately it's about interacting and communicating and the communication needs to be meaningful. And that's ultimately our goal, isn't it? To make people communicate with each other. And I get it, technology helps that happen, but sometimes you don't need it to be able to communicate. I agree with you, but... <laughs> There's always a but, isn't there? <laughs> However, on the flip side, we can't always meet and it could be for a number of different reasons why we can't be in the same place, the same mm. room. True, okay, it opens the world up. It does. So let's just say sometimes it can be a barrier. Technology can be a barrier or it can be a bridge. Oh, that's beautiful. It's poetic, isn't it? That's lovely. Okay. So briefly, let's go back to online video conferencing, which I think is becoming more and more popular these days. We've got Skype. We've got WebEx. There are plenty of other... Yeah, Gav, I think we're going to need to do a whole episode on online teaching, don't you? Probably. Yeah, I think we can save that for another time. Okay, Gav, I think we've done it. Have we done it? Do you think that's covered everything? I'm not completely sure we mentioned everything, but maybe the listeners could contribute some of their own tech ideas. What do they use in the classroom, whether they're students or teachers? Mm. Yeah. Do you have a robot teaching assistant, for example, or some other kind of tech 
a drone maybe to see your students from the aerial view. I don't know. <laughs> okay, it's getting weird now. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> and um, before we finish, let's remind everybody where they can find us. Yes, where is that? It's on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube. And if you are an Apple iTunes user, please pop to our page and don't forget to give us a... How many star rating should we have, Em? Should we have? Yeah. No, I think we deserve a five. I think we deserve a five. Yeah, So if not? you want to, if you agree, please shuffle over there <laughs> and uh, give us a five-star rating. All right, brilliant. Em, thanks for your time. I think this was a very productive and tech-savvy episode. Okay, Gav. Thanks as well. Look forward to seeing you next time. See you next time. Bye. Bye.